I am Brian Grossman, Editor-in-Chief here at the Colorado Springs Independent. This is the Indy 15, the weekly show that recaps what you need to know in the news. Our guest in the studio today is Managing Editor Helen Lewis. Uh, Helen, welcome to the Indy 15. Hey, Brian. Thank you for having me. It's been a while, right? A week (laughs) since you were here last? Yeah, a whole week. Okay. Yes. Um, So usually with the Indy 15, we sort of go over the paper and talk about the news you need to know, but uh, we had sort of breaking news uh, you were up all night writing a, a story yeah, uh, about a state senator. Do you want to sort of set the stage? Yeah, so um, yesterday late um, we got information about a um, memo of investigation from the Colorado Ethics Institute um, calling on the 4th Judicial District Attorney's Office to investigate Senator Heisey. Mm-hmm. Um, and the question that they were raising, um, what they wanted investigated was whether he was um, claiming a district of residence that he didn't actually live in Mm -hmm. and had therefore illegally voted in the Republican primary election in June. Um, So they actually had um, an investigator, um, I guess, watch him Mm -hmm. for four months. Um, And what they were alleging was that it gets a little bit complicated with the districts because there was redistricting going on. And so Senator Heisey had um, moved from his residence in Fountain Mm -hmm. to Colorado Springs. Um, Essentially, uh, the redistricting meant that he had been sort of drawn out of his office, Mm -hmm. as they say, or out of his district. So um, what the CEI was saying is that he was um, claiming a residence in Colorado Springs but not really living there. They had a whole lot of information. You can see in the... um, story online, mm-hmm. um, all of the points that they put forward to say this isn't his real home. Right. Yeah. Uh, and that's csnd.com. You can find the story on there. And what were some of those? There were things like uh, he's, he was mowing the lawn at what wouldn't what's not supposed to be his legal right. residence, right? There, so there, so there why were, would you be mowing that lawn? But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there were a number of them. That they, were, they were, you know, paying attention to where his vehicles were, um, mm-hmm. where he was leaving from to go to the state capitol, mm-hmm. um, where he was receiving – Male, where he was mowing the lawn, right. where he was doing what they called normal homeowner activities. activities right. Answering the door mm-hmm. was one of the things. So somebody Answering the door. the door. Yeah. So a uh, slight detour. This is funny because Heisey's not the first to have experienced this even recently. Right. Uh, Pete Lee, Senator Pete Lee, has also had residency issues. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mark Waller, when he ran for district attorney uh, against Mark Allen, uh, also had residency issues. He had a house up in Palmer Lake and where he would be representing people. And uh, he actually, our own reporter, Pam Zubek, went mm-hmm. to Mark Waller's house, I think, at like uh, 5.30, 6 o'clock in the morning and knocked on the door and right. he answered in his robe. So it was legit. We knew that Mark <laughs> yeah. actually lived there. Yeah. Um, it, it just seems really odd that – do you think this is – People aren't aware of the rules. Do you think they are aware of the rules? And they're just. Do I think? Do I think the the people in question are aware, or the rest of us? Because I think you know it. It it does seem you know it struck me that um, the person in the street probably wouldn't know what is what the requirement is, and it has become I think for everybody pretty confusing with the redistricting. And um, I did. I did not knock at any of Senator Heisey's doors, but I did no. catch him on the phone yesterday afternoon. Yep. And, you know, the way he explained it, and you can see this um, in the story online, um, is he said, you know, 
the redistricting took longer than we thought, mm-hmm. um, and I had to move in a hurry. But he, what he ended up doing was having um, a room, as he put it, right. um, in um, a house in District 11. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we – Senate District 11. Senate, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, yes, yeah, yeah, Senate, yeah. Senate District 11. Um, and, you know, what we've been told um, and appears to be his stepson's home. Right. Um, his wife still lives in Fountain. He said she's keeping Fountain as her primary residence. So there's a whole lot of all of these parts right. of what constitutes a primary residence. Um, the – complaint or rather the memo of investigation from CEI goes into a lot of detail. Mm-hmm. There's about, I think, like 10 or 13 pages, something like that. And you'll be able to see that online as well um, if you're interested in diving in. And they had pictures of him mowing the lawn right, and his, yeah. his, his truck leaving various driveways and things like that. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to it. And, yeah, people are definitely um, getting this, uh, you know, People are definitely getting caught up in this, um, whether it's primaries or other voting. And one thing to note about Heisey, he's District 2 state senator now, but he mm-hmm. is running for the new district ele- Senate District 11 right. to, to represent Senate di- District 11. So right. uh, it's a different district from what he's representing now. Mm-hmm. And it seems really odd to me that you can be uh, – just taken out of your district. <laughs> I mean, like, you buy a house and you yeah. want to represent your district, and then when they do redistricting, you may not qualify to represent that district anyway. And that seems like a, I don't know, maybe a way to keep people out of wanting to be in politics. I mean, you never know what what's going to happen to your district. Yeah, and there's a lot going on with districts at the moment. Right. Um, and, you know, it's it's very much a hot issue. And one of the things he also... Now, he no longer lives at that, has that room Mm -hmm. in that residence um, that we're talking about that's believed to be his stepson's, but he has um, taken another apartment within Senate District 11. Um, But his wife doesn't live there. But his wife doesn't live there. (laughs) And as... uh, Whatever floats your boat, I guess. (laughs) From what he said, she's not planning to either. Yeah. So that's, you know, that is is pretty confusing. Another thing that he mentioned was that um, he was dividing his time because he was still taking care of Senate District 2 right. business. His sense. constituents are there, um, but he's campaigning for District 11. That's right. a funny situation as well. Yeah. So Lots of stuff going on there. Lots of stuff going on. Yeah, uh, yeah so check that out at csnd.com. Uh, mm-hmm. It'll also be in the print edition yes. next week, mm-hmm. which I believe is August 31st. Sounds uh, right. Last one of August, moving into September. Yeah. Um, but we did actually do a paper this week, right? We have a paper <laughs> a whole, out this week. A whole that, paper. Yeah, that it's a good one too. To do with Dennis, Dennis yeah. Heisey. Uh, this week's paper is the cover. Is about you have to hold it up. Yeah, yeah, you can see right there. Oh, okay. Hold it up. Yeah. Um, I'd actually r- rather be playing this right now. Yeah. I was just talking to Nick, uh, one of our gaming nerds who's in the room. Yeah. And he said, you could probably actually make that playable. Um, <laughs> so I said anytime a new virus comes out, we need to do sort of a retro game yeah. that you can play to destroy the virus. I will like lose that. at every single one of them. Yeah. It's going to be great. Uh, the story is written by Anna Fiorino. Some mm-hmm. people may be familiar with Anna's work. She used to be a staff reporter here. Um, unfortunately, she moved away because her boyfriend's in the military and they make you do things like that. 
so she's on she's our East Coast correspondent. That's now, right. That's uh, right. Out yeah. of Virginia, but she did write about monkeypox and yeah. uh, how worried we should be, and it turns out. A little, kind of, sort of. Um, sort of worried. Not COVID worried. No. Um, because that's sort of what we compare everything to now. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's contagious and yeah. it's making its rounds and it's a public health emergency now. Mm-hmm. Um, here in Colorado Springs, it's not out of control, but I think experts are urging people to be uh, vigilant, know the symptoms, know if you think you've been exposed. We even talk about what to do if yeah. you think you've been exposed in here. We talk about places you can go to get more information, uh, learn about the symptoms. Um, so I think it's really good because I, I really like this story because I think everybody is just – it's got all the information in one place, mm-hmm. and I think everyone's just a bit tired. Of, Sick and tired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Uh-huh. Of going and hunting the information down themselves and figuring out whether it's reliable. So right. Anna was talking to all the reliable sources. It's all this information in one place. Mm-hmm. It was a, it's a great read. Yeah, we have um, some hospital info in there. Mm-hmm. We have uh, Phoebe Lestro, who we've also interviewed back in the COVID days. Yeah, uh, yeah. She's an epidemiologist, I believe, with Colorado College. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, so – Check out the story, uh, yeah. whether you're scared of monkeypox or not. The cover's really cool. The cover's very cool. Uh, so thank you, Dustin, <laughs> Dustin Glatz, yeah. for, for designing that. Um, other stuff in here, an, another, we got just tons of news going on right now. Mm. Uh, Greta's story about UCCS, Greta Anderson, yeah. uh, one of our staff reporters, wrote about the Cyber Apprenticeship Program. Right, she's been following that for a while. Right, um, and the real basics to that was there's a, there was a program that UCCS said for cyber students would get you into apprenticeships. They mm-hmm. would get you into an apprenticeship. I yeah, a part, a part, the specific part of the program was basically a year's worth of right. apprenticeship, um, a working year of apprenticeship, and that was key to the program. Right, but uh, students were not getting those apprenticeships that they said essentially it wasn't delivering on yeah. promises. There wasn't even one. And then there was an audit of the program, mm-hmm. um, and it found that it was kind of in disarray. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a good story. Um, there's a couple. Greta's got that story in there, but she's got a bit of previous reporting on it too that um, we point back to. That's really interesting and useful, and um, has some of these first-person stories about the students that were mm-hmm. impacted by it. Some of them really did uproot their lives to come do this program for right. the apprenticeship component. And it's the UCCS College of Business Colorado Cybersecurity Apprenticeship Program. So if you want to search that and read previous reporting from Greta about that, uh, it's a great story. Um, Motion denied. Another Helen Lewis story. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to promote you to reporter, Ellen, instead of managing editor because you've written most of the story lately. Uh, talk about that one because that's also very interesting. So which page are we on? Hold that's on. A, I want to... That's page I want to hold six. It up. And this oh, is no, about... I'm not going to hold it up because I'm not going to mess with the mic. Right. I'm learning. Um, so th- this is a really interesting story about Colorado Springs Ford, um, uh, which is a nonprofit here in town, um, and another case of um, somebody coming forward and saying they're not doing the right thing. Something so smells fishy. Something, yeah, something is wrong with this. So this is um, about... Um, illegal donations that were made to two um, county commissioner candidates. Um, those donations were returned, I should point out. Mm-hmm. Um, but the... Holly Williams and Cammie Bremer correct. were the, 
the yeah, candidates. Yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, the the point was that these were these donations were um, double the amount that was allowed and were also made by a part of Colorado Springs Ford that was not um, supposed to be engaging in any political donations. Mm-hmm. So um, Colorado Springs Ford had um, made a, a response um, in the investigations basically saying, oh, it was our volunteers. Mm-hmm. They ma- our volunteers made a mistake. Um, so the – but this, this – um, the motion was uh, I should I should just get the motion right because you know it was a, a motion denying sorry an order denying the motion to dismiss mm-hmm. the case against so essentially Springs saying Ford. the case can go on the right. case can go on and it said it wasn't the volunteers right um, it was uh, the judge right the it, opinion it, of was it the, it, ju- uh, the um, D- deputy secretary of state there we go so okay. Beale and he said. Um, no, this this was Phil Lane's signature. Yeah. I should back up a little bit and so explain. <laughs> <laughs> and explain. Um, it, it it's qu- it's kind of complicated, but probably the the part um, that I would read was you know about the email we received mm-hmm. was um, I'll read part of it because I think it's interesting. That's what I was looking for. Um, the story of illegal donations to county commissioners Holly Williams and Cami Bremer began in June 2021 when the county commissioners voted to donate um, $500,000 to the Olympic Museum operated by Phil Lane. Now, Phil Lane, I'll just sidebar, was Mm -hmm. the acting CEO um, at the time. Uh, This donation in itself is unremarkable due to the fact that COVID-19 had shut down the Olympic Museum. However, four months later, Mr. Lane, in his capacity as a financial director for for Colorado Springs Ford, issued illegal campaign donations in the amount of $5,000 to campaigns of both Holly Williams and Cammie Bremer. In some minds, these donations gave the appearance of a quid pro quo. Mm -hmm. Um, So that that was sort of at the heart of that. Um, And um, in this motion to dismiss, um, it basically was saying, uh, no, this wasn't a mistake, and um, I think there's a pull quote in there that says, you know, yeah. uh, essentially it the Colorado Springs Ford knew what they were doing, knew what they were doing, and it's, tried to cover it up, and tried to cover yeah. it up. That was the part, um, and that they, the opinion, Beale's opinion was that um, the nonprofit had engaged in what he called substantial political activity. Mm-hmm. So. Um, that case is going to go ahead now. Um, we haven't been able to get anybody from Colorado Springs forward to um, respond mm-hmm. uh, on the phone or by email. So um, we're going to wait with interest to see what happens next in that case. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the show and that's just the news section. Um, just the news section. <laughs> yeah, and we still There's have so much more. Food and yeah. music and, uh, you know, astrology, if you're into that sort of thing. Um, so it's, it's a packed paper. There's lots of good stuff this week. Yeah, it's yeah. a fantastic paper and I'm making all paper noises with it. So. Uh-oh. Uh, and next week, just a little preview, we're going to have a music cover that's September. Sorry. Yeah. Is that right? Next week is going to be... <laughs> Mill Street Blues. Uh, yeah, yeah, so we're looking at the Mill Street neighborhood. Mm-hmm. That's Amelia mm-hmm. Allen's story. Yeah. Um, and what some residents there are doing to try to prevent 
the same results that have happened with similar neighborhoods in the past, like mm. Lowell, um, mm-hmm. Conejos. Yeah. Uh, so some of those same threats are facing Mill Street now, which if you're not familiar, it's uh, around the Drake power plant. Um, yeah. And with Drake shutting down, there's obviously going to be a lot of conversation about what to do with that's prime property. And, yeah, you know, sort of that question there. of revitalization versus gentrification, exactly. what happens to the residents. Yep. And uh, there's a lot of good that comes with it, but then there's real people caught in the middle. Yep. So that's uh, that's next week. That's August 31st. And then the following week is a music cover from music editor Bill Foreman on Davachka. So look for that. Um, yeah. Other than that, uh, thank you, Helen, for joining us in the studio today. Thanks for having uh, me. And thanks to the audience. Don't forget to pick up this week's issue of the Indie. There it is again, up right. <laughs> uh, with Monkeypox, uh, available on newsstands and digitally through our website, csnd.com. Let us know what you thought about the show or the paper on our social media and everywhere else. Uh, We read every single thing you post, so post away. If you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to like and subscribe. And don't forget to click that bell to get notifications whenever we post new videos. This show was produced by Dave Gardner and Nick Raven. The video cast was directed by Dave Gardner and distributed by our digital team, which is Sean Cassidy and Michaela Jones, Dustin Glass, Glatz is our art director. Amy Gillentine is our publisher. And I'm editor-in-chief Brian Grossman. Thanks again to Helen Lewis, managing editor. Uh, Be sure to join us next week for another episode of the Indie 15.